Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hey everyone, how are you? I hope that you had a fantastic Christmas here in Minnesota. It's been very interesting weather-wise because (laughs) it's been really warm. It's been in the mid-40s. On Christmas Day, it actually reached, I think, 50, for sure 50, if maybe not like 51, 52, which is really unusual for us in Minnesota. Uh, Last year at this time, we had a lot of snow. I want to say at least a foot at least a foot of snow. So, and I don't know, I'm, I am okay with not having any snow. I know that a lot of people really enjoy having a white Christmas. They like having snow on, on the holidays and around Christmas. It just makes it feel a little bit more Christmassy. And I get that. Everybody has their own thing. But for me, I am really okay with not having any snow. So it makes traveling a little bit easier I don't know, just kind of things like that that we in in Minnesota that we think about. But regardless, I hope that you had just a very blessed and Merry Christmas. I, I hope that you were surrounded by friends and family, that your home was filled with laughter and joy, peace, hope, and just the creating of lifelong memories. And as we're getting ready to step into 2024, I have to give just a really really brief commercial about the annual She Rises Women's Conference that is coming up on May 17th and 18th of 2024, early bird. Ticket sales are available through December 31st, so take advantage of that. That really gives you the best value for tickets, and we we want to see you there. There's a spot, there's a seat set aside for you. It's going to be fantastic. You can find all of the details, including the venue, how to get tickets, you know, just all of those different things at, at my website by just simply clicking the link in the show notes. That'll take you to to my website, and then there's a there's a tab up at the top that is titled 2024 event. So I hope to see you there. It's going to be it's going to be fantastic. I know I've said this in other other years, but there's just something really stirring in me about the 2024 annual conference. Uh, And maybe it's it's because I I just have a different fire in my belly and I've been really tearing in the presence of the Lord. Uh, And so I'm, I'm just really believing that God is going to do something very powerful. And I believe this conference is going to be a mile marker weekend in the lives of women, that it's not just going to be another event to attend, something else to fill up the calendar. I've never really been about that anyway. I'm not an event type person where I have to run run around to all the events. That's just not who I am. But there is something really deep, deeply embedded just in my heart that 
something in the spirit is is just happening and the Lord is just shifting and positioning things just heading into May of 2024 that I think is just going to mark people's lives that in other words, they're going to walk away feeling like something changed, something shifted within them. I believe that freedom and healing and wholeness I believe that purpose, just awakening and and just even activating in one's God-given gifts and potential, something is going to take place here. Of course, it's greater than what I could ever think, dream, or imagine, or even pray or ask for, because God is so much greater than anything I could ever I could ever think or dream. He's always doing so much. So something so much better and greater and that I'm very grateful for. So anyway, all of that to say early bird tickets are available through December 31st. So take advantage of that. Find all of the information, all the details, all the things that you need to know by simply clicking the link in the show notes. All right. So this week we're concluding our conversation on the Jezebel spirit. This is part two of the Jezebel spirit. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I encourage you to listen to that one as I explain who Jezebel was in the Bible and offer a reference point to this topic that I really believe is helpful even for this current episode. And like I did last week, I'm also going to offer a couple of disclaimers just right out of the gate. Number one, I am not talking about anyone in particular and do not have someone in mind as I record this. To think or suggest that is reading into something that simply is not there. Number two, I would caution anyone from labeling another person as a Jezebel. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us that we are in a spiritual battle and we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the spirit realm. So in other words, the Apostle Paul is saying that people are not our enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your sister, your neighbor, your coworker, your boss, the government, they are not our enemy. Now, can they be demonically influenced? Can there be a spirit behind their decisions and behaviors and, and different things like that? Yes, absolutely. But it's important as we go through this episode to remember to exercise wisdom in separating an individual who may display Jezebel traits from the Jezebel spirit operating through them. We can cause a lot of damage to people if we go about calling them a Jezebel. I highly encourage you to to not do that. (laughs) Pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to lead you. One of the biggest things that fuels the Jezebel spirit is insecurity. I believe that I even just really briefly touched on that last week. And I think that that is so important to understand right away that the one of the biggest things that fuels the Jezebel spirit is insecurity. The individual that the Jezebel spirit operates through usually has an unhealed wound from something in their childhood or as an adult. Often, rejection is the biggest wound that is at the root of the traits of the Jezebel spirit. The Jezebel spirit wants something that you have that they don't. Examples of things that they may want, um, the Jezebel spirit wants is your influence, 
your platform, your anointing, your resources, and things like that. They want to be around the main person or the leader because titles and position are very important to them. They see these as respect, power, or influence. And because they are insecure, they believe once they possess these things, they will feel better about themselves and their lives. In other words, respect, power, and influence, and those types of things in their mind equal security, that that is where I'm going to finally feel secure. If I have those things, I will no longer feel overlooked. I will no longer feel dismissed. I will no longer feel rejected. I will no longer feel fill in the blank. The problem with that is our security in who we are only comes from Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives us our identity. And the cure for the insecure is becoming secure in who they are in Christ. Let me say that again, because that's such a powerful and really transformative truth right there. The cure for the insecure is finding their security in Jesus Christ. In other words, your identity is in Christ. If we are trying to find and attach and align our security on in anything on this side of heaven, all of those things are subject to change. Every single one of them. Think about it. Your job, your bank account, the car that you drive, the friends that you have, the house that you live in, all of those things, titles and, and achievements and education, all of those things on this side of heaven, you know what? All of those things are subject to change, every single one of them. And so we need to find our security in who we are in Jesus Christ because it comes from him. It's very interesting to me, and again, go back and listen to last week's episode because I laid the framework for Jezebel and the Jezebel spirit in that episode. So as I go forward in this week's episode, some of the things, if you did not listen to last week's episode, may sound a little confusing because I'm kind of following up from last week's episode. But in Revelation chapter 2, where Jesus speaks about the Jezebel spirit, he says this in verse 2, or I'm sorry, chapter 2 and verse 20 about the Jezebel spirit. He says this, who calls herself a prophetess, who calls herself a prophetess. Why is that? Why is that interesting to us? Because it should raise some red flags to us when we have people who are coming to us and they want to give us their portfolio and drop all of their titles and all of their things to us and in a way to kind of make us sit up and take notice of them or they want to impress us somehow. The thing, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, if God wants us to know the, the gifts that are lying within any individual, He's going to show us those. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. I don't have to go around and I don't have to introduce myself as a pastor. I don't have to go around and introduce myself as a founder of She Rises. I don't have to go around and introduce myself by any other thing than, hi, my name is Susan. It's great to meet you. Tell me a little bit about you. And, you know, it's through 
just organic type conversation and maybe they're going to ask questions about me to get to know me a little bit that then I can start I can start sharing with them some of the things that that I get to do for the Lord you know I I host an annual conference and stuff like that those types of things come up organically but I just think it's so interesting that Jesus even points out that she calls herself a prophetess and I don't know maybe maybe that's why I've always had a little check in my spirit when somebody when somebody wants to come up to me and they want me to refer to them as so and so now mind you I do believe that honor is a kingdom currency. I I do wholeheartedly believe that. And so I do believe in giving honor where honor is due. And so when I have, for example, someone come in as a guest speaker for the She Rises conference or even on my podcast, I do place honor upon that person. And I will say, you know, she's a pastor or she's an author or she's, you know, whatever like that. But when I have when I have people who want want to be my friend or they just want to do life with me, but they introduce themselves to me as as pastor or they send me text messages or do certain types of things, but they refer to themselves as the titles that they possess. I don't know. I I just always had a check in my spirit about that. And so maybe that's a, a conversation for something else. But I think that it's very interesting that Jesus himself points that out in scripture. So you might be saying, well, okay, I hear all of that, but you know what? I don't really have any influence. I don't have any power. I don't have a platform and I definitely don't feel anointed to do anything. Okay, so if that's you, and as I'm, you know, was pointing out some examples of things that they, the Jezebel spirit sees in you, something that you may have that they don't, and you're feeling like, well, as I look at my life, I don't really see that I have any of those. Allow me to explain this a little bit. Your influence and platform can be anything you have been given and entrusted with by God. Areas such as leading a Bible study, a life group, a prayer group, a ministry or outreach of some kind. Often a Jezebel spirit manifests when God gives you an opportunity in an area to either lead or co-lead, to teach or something similar because they feel overlooked. And overlooked, if you go below the surface, If you go below the surface, overlooked, feelings of overlooked and that mindset, that narrative of being overlooked, I'm always overlooked. Everybody dismisses me. Nobody ever gives me an opportunity. It has its root in the spirit of rejection, which is an insecurity because rejection is not a part of our identity in Christ. We have been accepted in the beloved, Ephesians says. Accepted is a part of our identity. And now, because they feel overlooked, they get mad at you and often will accuse you of things that are baseless. They want to blame. They want to accuse, especially if you decide uh, and you feel you feel led to the Lord has clearly, clearly spoken to you to confront that person, to have a, an honest conversation about 
hey, what is going on here? And you just really want to have a healthy conversation with the end goal, the aim of being of being healed and and this person being set free and just having a healthy, uh, healthy conversation, a healthy relationship with this individual. Listen, <laughs> if they're not willing to do that, they often will manifest in blame and accusation. They get mad and, and they accuse you of rejecting them. All right. So the main methods of attacking people, um, the Jezebel spirit, the main, the main methods that the Jezebel spirit attacks is number one, success always attracts people. Pay attention to that. Number one, main methods of attack. Success always attracts people. What do I mean by that? When people start seeing you build something with the God-given gifts within you, they may not be all that interested initially, but once they see God blessing the work of your hands and giving you an extended reach, furthering your your resources, giving you more influence, they all of a sudden want to be your BFF. Whereas maybe initially when you announced what you were um, setting out to do, like they just, you know, you heard, you heard crickets in the corner there. They were nowhere to be found. They didn't congratulate you. They didn't support you. They weren't with you in the very beginning. And then all of a sudden they're like calling you up and they're commenting and, and, you know, different things. You may hear something like this. God has called me to help you. I feel, I feel called to serve with you. I feel called to be your armor bearer. God has told me to partner with you. There's something that that I read a while ago called Ministry Hitchhikers that I want to I want to read to you because I think that it's it's so good. So Ministry Hitchhikers, they want what's in your hand, not in your heart. Very important there. They want your platform but they're not interested in your presence. In other words, they're more interested in what you can do for them or what they can gain by being around you or a part of whatever it is that God has you doing. But they're not necessarily interested in you as an individual and, you know, linking arms and advancing the gospel together. They want your connections but not your correction. Ooh, so good there. So good. They want your progress but not your process. Listen, let me just give you an example. I've been doing a lot of ministry. I've been in active ministry for over 20 years now, coming up on like 23 years of, of ministry, whatever. I'm, who cares about that? But all that to say that God has allowed me to be in ministry for, for quite some time, and I'm very grateful. But you know what? The anointing, the favor, and the blessing upon my life, it didn't come cheap. It, it came with a lot of refinement. It came with a lot of character development. It came with a lot of dying to self and picking up my cross and following Christ. It came with a lot of purging and a lot of, uh, a lot of fasting, a lot of praying, a lot of choosing the high road, a lot of choosing Christ, choosing forgiveness, extending grace. Uh, it, it came at a cost. Ministry comes at a cost. But oftentimes these people are not interested in counting the cost. In other words, they're not interested in the process. They just want your progress. They want to be where you are. They want what you have right now. They want a ride into your future without the pain, the price 
for their fuel. <laughs> in other words, they want the oil, the anointing that's upon your life, but um, but they're not willing to do what it takes to count the cost to gain their own anointing, their own favor, their own blessing upon their own lives. Number two main uh, methods of attack is oftentimes the Jezebel spirit attacks after a victory of some kind. And we see that in First Kings in the story of Elijah. Again, I pointed that out and explained that in greater detail in last week's episode. Number three, during a season of contending in your faith for something and you feel exhausted and battle weary. Again, we see that in the story of Elijah in First Kings. This man had an incredible, this man, a uh, man of faith, man of God who loved the Lord, was serving God and, and just seen a, a great victory. And then all of a sudden he was fleeing for his life because Jezebel was running after him and he sat underneath the broom tree. He was exhausted. He was battle weary. He started to isolate himself. He started to wanted to die and he wanted to just wanted to call it quits. Those are the main methods of attack that the Jezebel spirit shows up. So how to respond? We've established that the Jezebel spirit attacks when it sees you getting something that it wants. In other words, God is promoting you in some way or after a victory or when feeling exhausted and battle weary. Remember last week when I encouraged you that the, Je the, that the Jezebel spirit is no match to Jesus? I want to point that out again. I just feel like I would be remiss if I did not express that again in this episode. He is greater and has more power. And you can break free from this spirit through repenting for tolerating it, casting it out, and implementing Three key points. Number one, discernment. Pray about every decision you make before welcoming or inviting someone into your personal life or ministry. Man, I cannot, I cannot stress the gift of discernment and leaning into that enough. I, I don't know, like, I think I could do a whole episode just on the gift of discernment. And I'm so grateful that we have been given that gift of discernment. Do what I refer to as a spiritual background check. As you partner with the Holy Spirit and pray into these decisions, he will show you if someone has an agenda. And remember, and partnering with the Holy Spirit is, is just posturing your heart before him in prayer and inviting him into these decisions, inviting him into your plans, inviting him into um, any course of direction that you are feeling that you want to begin taking. Partner with him because remember... He sees things that you don't. And I'm, I'm grateful here again, grateful for the gift of discernment that I don't have to rely upon my own sense and reason because my vision is limited, but he sees the whole picture. He sees and he knows things that I don't. And so I'm grateful that we have this, this blessed opportunity to partner with the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak into uh, any decisions, any plans, or any course of direction that we may want to take, including welcoming or inviting someone into our personal lives or ministry. Allow him to lead you in making decisions because he 
knows that individual better than you may, better better than than you might, because perhaps that person is is maybe new to you, or maybe newer. Maybe you maybe you once knew this person as a as more of an an acquaintance, but but now they're kind of wanting to be around you a little bit more. Listen. He knows their character. He knows if there is an agenda. Remember, you may feel great about it, but a wise and mature woman of God, who I know that you are, that's who you are, will allow the time and discernment to help her make a wise and informed decision. Partnering with the Holy Spirit. Don't feel like you have to rush into making a decision. Don't feel like you have to rush into inviting and including people. Apply the brakes, partner with the Holy Spirit, pray and ask God to speak to you and then trust what he tells you to do. Trust him. If you have, if you've been given like a red light, God has, God has said no. Trust him because remember, you are just seen outwardly. You're hearing what the individual might be saying to you. Maybe they're, what they're sharing with you seems like, like it's aligning with you and, and your heart and your vision for your ministry or whatever it is that God is doing in your life. But man, wisdom and discernment really needs to really needs to take a front row seat here because only God knows if there is an agenda. Number 2, don't give people access to your platform simply because they seem gifted, others seem to like them, they have a large following or whatever. Yeah, think additional things like that. Because those are not indicators of a mature believer who is rooted and grounded in their faith. There are a lot of people out there who have those, who have those things, who possess those things, who are incredibly gifted, who, you know, maybe has a, has a large following. Other people maybe may, may really like them and they may flock to them. And, and it just seems like people trip over themselves to be around that particular individual. But that is not an indicator of a mature believer who is rooted and grounded in their faith. Number three, pay attention to the warning signs. This point easily complements the first two points that I just mentioned, but I just, man, it bears mentioning again. Let me give you a little, just a little example here. I'm going to pull the shades back a little bit and let you into how I have learned this the hard way. Everything that I'm sharing with you in these last two episodes, especially this week's episode, I've had to learn the hard way because uh, I... Oftentimes, well, let me first say, I know that I have a mercy gift. I know that God has placed within me the gift of mercy, which I'm incredibly grateful for. It has allowed me to meet people in their place of pain and their place of, of whatever, and to be able to look beyond the things that maybe they've done, their actions, their behaviors, and to be able to see them as a beloved child of God, even though they've made some really, you know, grave mistakes or they've done, or they said same things. Mercy has allowed me to be able to separate their actions and their behaviors from the individual and to see them through, through God's eyes, which, so I'm incredibly grateful for that. But I've always said that every gift also has what I refer to as a as a backsided weakness. What do I mean by that? Okay, so mercy 
For example, in my own life, and I'm not trying to project this on anybody else, but again, I'm just sharing a little bit of my own, my own areas of, of, of times that I've needed to grow in this, in this gift of mercy. Because I, I can see potential in people, because I, I believe in the best in people, because I see what, what maybe they are carrying, their God-given gifts, and I love just pulling that out, drawing that out of people. I love drawing out and pointing out their potential and the things that that God has placed on the inside of them. I love coming alongside people and helping them and, you know, to kind of get going and and maybe even giving people some some exposure and helping people, maybe inviting them onto my podcast or whatever the situation is. But I have learned the hard way not to fall in love with potential. What do I mean by that? So I've actually been bitten (laughs) a few times by extending opportunities to people who were not rooted and grounded in their faith. And later on, it it was brought to my attention or later on, I started to see that they actually had an agenda for wanting to be a part of She Rises, to wanting to be on my podcast, or even to just want to be around me. They wanted to they wanted to have a uh, an inroad to maybe some people that I that I'm friends with or that I've done ministry with, and they have used me to um, to kind of get close to these other people. So I, I don't know, you know, I think that I think that for me, I've had to really be careful in not rushing to inviting people in to exercise this wisdom and discernment that I've been talking to you about on this episode. I've had to learn that the hard way because it has it has turned around and it has bitten me. And then when things start to surface and their agenda you know, becomes known or their character really begins to manifest and you know all these different insecurities and all of that, it has created so much drama and so, so many problems for me in my own personal life. And I've had to address things in, uh, in ministry because of these things. And listen, it's not their fault that they, that they were uh, a part of different things or in my personal life. It was me. It was because I was not exercising wisdom and discernment and applying the brakes and allowing the Lord to speak to me. And then when he speaks to me and tells me no, or I just have a check in my spirit, or I don't have peace about extending that invitation, but I pushed through that and I went ahead anyway, because they're such a they're such a nice person and wow they have they have these gifts and there's so much potential and they seem to really like me well those are all really great things but if there's no if there's no um maturity of character there if there's if there's a lot of insecurity there those things they will manifest and it will create problems so i don't know <laughs> learn from my mistakes. If I can help you with that, learn from my mistakes. And this is why I'm very careful now because I've learned the hard way. I don't just open up my personal life. I don't just open up anything that I do under the umbrella of She Rises 
to just anybody. I've, I've had to learn that the hard way. And uh, so again, if you can learn from my mistakes and I'm still growing in this, I haven't perfected it. I can still see that every now and then that backsided weakness of falling in love with potential and falling in love with what I hear and what I see, oof, it can kind of kind of get me tripped up a little bit. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. Throughout 1 Kings chapter 19, we see hallmark signs of what results in the life of someone who is being attacked by a Jezebel spirit. And they are these three three just hallmark things that I see in the life of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Isolation, exhaustion, and depression. Why do I want to bring those up? Because if you, you know, when I was giving that example of, of just some different ways where I have, I've allowed things to, into my personal life or into my ministry that ooh, I shouldn't have done. These were the classic things that, that showed up in, in my life. Um, and it was, it was, uh, hallmark signs of like a Jezebel spirit uh, in operation that was near me and isolation, exhaustion, and depression, just like the life of Elijah. I saw those in my own life. And so I think that it just bears, it bears mentioning that if you are feeling any of these, it doesn't necessarily mean you are keeping company with someone with a Jezebel spirit. Again, I would refer you to the beginning of this episode that we don't go around calling people a Jezebel. But what I do encourage you to do is sit with the Lord. If you are feeling those things, sit with the Lord and ask him to speak into what you are feeling and what you are experiencing. Sit with him. I do that all the time. I am so grateful. Jesus is my best friend. I can sit with him. I can have open and honest conversation with him. I can just like stand before him without any, without any masks, without any pretending, without, without anything. I can come before him and I can say, I'm feeling this or why, why do I keep experiencing this? Why does this keep showing up? Why, what is going on here? You know, I, I mentioned last week that, that really what started this, what started this uh, conversation with the Lord is I was feeling frustrated with something and I asked him about it. Is there, is there something to this? Is there a spirit behind this? Is what is going on here? Because I think that it's important that we as women of faith sort of step back a little bit and, and kind of allow, again, offering offering some space, uh, offering some time for God to speak into our situation, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, and partnering with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to show us what is really going on here. What is the root of this? What is, what, what is happening here? And then once that happens, we can, we can pray into it from that, from that advantage point, from that place. Otherwise, we're just, you know, throwing spaghetti against the wall, hoping something sticks, seeing what something sticks. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But we can be women of faith who pray specific targeted prayers from the advantage point of what we are being showed because we partnered with the Holy Spirit and we've asked God to speak into this. And he is, he's giving us divine insight. He's showing us things that we otherwise wouldn't have known, wouldn't have recognized, wouldn't have been able to identify. So 
Perhaps for you, if you're feeling like I, I'm just, I just want to isolate myself. I feel exhausted. I feel a little depressed. I feel a little, you know what? It doesn't necessarily mean that you are, are keeping company with someone with a Jezebel spirit. Perhaps you are. Um, perhaps you've been you know, around someone doing life with someone who has a Jezebel spirit operating through them. Um, perhaps not. Perhaps you've just been in a really busy season. You know, we're just coming off the heels of the of the holiday season. Perhaps you have been just, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And that is why you feel exhausted. That's why you feel like Ugh, I'm just peopled out and I just need some time alone. I just need some personal private space. I, for one, am someone who is recharged, refueled by alone time. I love people. I love being around people, but I can't have a steady diet of that. That's not how I'm wired. That's not how God created me. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the people that I spent time with over the holiday season had a Jezebel spirit operating through them. So see where we where we need to we need to find balance here. We need to stay on the horse. Otherwise, we're falling off onto either side and that's not healthy. We need to, we need to stay on the horse. We need to seek the Lord. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit and he will show us what is needed. Do I need to make some adjustments? Do I need to have a conversation with someone or do I just need some personal time with the Lord? Because here's the thing, regardless of what the situation is, regardless of what, what is revealed to you through that divine insight, Isolation, exhaustion, and depression is not God's best for you. That is not what God wants for you. And so he wants to, he wants to bring healing. He wants to bring joy. He wants to bring peace and wholeness to you. He wants to, he wants to bring you to this, this healthy place in him. Okay. So all of this to say, Sit with the Lord and invite him into to the decisions that you are, are possibly considering for your future, especially going into, into 2024. Some of us are, are entering into new seasons of ministry. Some of you are being extended invitations to, to be a part of other organizations or faith communities or ministries and, and just exercising wisdom and discernment uh, because you know what the best place for you is exactly where God wants you to be. The best place for you is the place that he positions you. Amen. All right. I hope that this has been helpful for you. And uh, I feel like this topic on the Jezebel spirit, there's so many layers to it. Definitely cannot cover everything in uh, in just two episodes. I, I certainly, I could have done a whole mini series on this for all the things that the Lord has shown me in the topic of the Jezebel spirit. But uh, just remember that God is greater. God is more powerful and he has not left you powerless. You are not a powerless woman of faith. You have everything on the inside of you to rebuke this spirit and to stand against it and cast it out in Jesus name. All right. Love you. Have a great rest of your week and I will catch you right back here next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars? 
and a review or even a comment, it not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.